The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. All right, trade deadline time. And uh, we're so happy to be joined by one of the one of the fellas on it. He's he's on it like blue bonnet. <laughs> and uh, as always, if Sam needs to go at some point, uh, we'll understand. Although we would prefer him just to stop talking to us and let us listen to his phone conversations. But he doesn't like that either way. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Where's our weekly game of what is Sam wearing? <laughs> you know what? No time to screw around after last wow, night, Sam. serious, Dave. Yeah. No, we can't. Yeah. Not, not after last night, man. I'm just, I am praying some Kings trade breaks while you're on the phone with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure it'll happen. Um, I might put a little, we have a live blog, shameless plug here, a little trade deadline week blog on our athletic site with observations and intel and I'll probably, it's funny, Jason last night late at the game saw me putting a few words together that never went over the finish line. Mm. So I'll do that this morning. My bad. But like, I, uh, oh no, I, I chose sleep. <laughs> too too damn old for this. Um, the Kings, I just, I do, for one, I think they're out of the big name game. Um, you know, the Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray stuff, they're not attached to any of that. Zach obviously is off the table now. The Kyle Kuzma stuff is is a little strange to me. It, they sent a lot of signals around the league that they were not interested in Kyle, which doesn't really reconcile with um, their previous interest. So there's part of me that says, you know, never say never there. Um, but from there, you're talking about a lot of role players that they're attached to. You know, the Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, a new one that I heard last night, I think it's new, is, is Caleb Martin in Miami, but all of which is to say that um, I think if the price has to be right. And I think they want to maintain the flexibility and the the ability to do something bigger down the line. And and with some of these prices you're seeing for some of these trades that are happening, yeah, that it's skewing in the wrong direction. Huh. And Sam, obviously I think we talked briefly about this. Look, it's the, you were there. You saw it last night. Was just that's as bad as it gets for Sacramento, at least to lose that game the way they did. How the circumstances and all that, and it's the last one before the deadline. You're going to be back at home playing the champs on Friday. Sure, you could bring the same group back and and keep going. But do you feel like you know one game shouldn't be the one that moves you? But they've had more games like this. Does the timing of last night push things a little bit more in a, in an urgency direction for the Kings? I mean, Jay, like we talked about, there's always the human component. So, you know, I, I was kind of talking about how <clears throat> trade deadline night, typically it's the players who have a hard time sleeping. Last night, I'm guessing that, you know, Kings GM, Monty McNair, and assistant GM, Wes Wilcox, might have had a, a little twist and turning going on with the way their team played. But you have to have the answer to the question of who who are you getting and how much are they helping you, right? Um and, and honestly, my judgment this particular season has been filtered a bit by the Atlanta situation. Um, and let me unpack that a little bit here. You know, they, they choose a couple years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, to do the DeJounte Murray trade 
and it's a little bit analogous to the Kings, where granted the Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Kings have gotten nowhere close to the Conference Finals. But the idea was we really need another big piece to get where we want to go. They gamble on the Murray trade. It doesn't fit like they hoped. And then you just kind of burned two years ever since then. And you burned assets that you've been trying to get back ever since. And there's the yeah, it that. was yeah, not like that at all burning assets. He <laughs> doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah, Willow says don't make a mistake. Right. Um, and so I think that's this is a pretty pragmatic group that runs the team. I think they think big picture. So do I think last night is a game changer on that front? Probably not. Uh, but yeah, it was it was ugly. I mean, they were getting booed. Yeah. Um, you know, there was one Pistons fan in the house with a classic Ben Wallace jersey on who was having the time of his life, and I was happy for that guy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but everybody else was pretty miserable. <sighs> Sam Amick joining us. Uh, I want to ask you here, just uh, popping off the Kings for a second, uh, Davis Bertans and uh, Trey Mann going to Charlotte for Gordon Hayward. What I find really fascinating about this is Gordon Hayward's making 31 and a half this year, and he's expiring. So correct me if I'm wrong. Now Oklahoma City, and, and I'm just such a Sam Presti honk. I love the dude. Now they're in a situation where they can just, they've got that whole stockpile of firsts. They could conceivably just pile a bunch of picks together and send them off and absorb so much contract if they want to add a star star and make a major push next year. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and it's funny, though, because, man, what a nice problem to have. Like, right? you talk about... You talk about making a move that didn't pay off and set you back. Okay, well, OKC has a different version of the same problem because they're already near the top of the Western Conference with this current group. So we've seen the last shoot it. I mean, really, it feels like the last 10, 12 years that like super teams don't always work. Um, big names come in, you know, don't always fit. I mean, look at Milwaukee right now. They thought for sure this was going to be fantastic with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard, mm. and it's not what they thought it would be. So, like, I, you know, I think they're going to be real reticent to uh, to figure out who that guy is, but it sure is a nice luxury uh, in Oklahoma City to, to be having that ability to be in any conversation. And, Sam, I would say based on not only today's trade with Kelly Olenek and, and Obagi going to Toronto for a future – or for 2024 first-round pick – Jazz are in the same spot. They had those two stars and Gobert and and Mitchell got a lot in return. They too, Danny Ainge has got a, a bunch of picks to maybe strike at some point here soon too. No, I think he does. He got. I think he's got a little more pressure because they don't really have they don't have a team. You know what I mean? They have Laurie Markkinen, who they they they're choosing not to let go of, and the price was really high for him, and, and he likes being there. That's a good fit. I think the urgency is is greater there um, because a. You, I, you know, we, we always enjoy, I think, analyzing the human component. And Danny is not a spring chicken. You know what I mean? Like he he pushed the envelope in Boston all those years. I don't think he's trying to waste any time in Utah. Um, the second he got there and this this always colored my judgment or inform, I guess, informed my judgment with Danny in Utah was that when Kyrie Irving's stock was at its absolute minimum, when his PR was, you know, awful for all those justified reasons. Um, after he had shared the the anti-Semitic documentary on social media, I had heard definitively that the Jazz still looked at him and said, 
Oh, he's a pretty good player. He might work for us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so point being like, nobody's off the table, trying to be aggressive, trying to go big. Um, not necessarily even trying to win the press conference, um, trying to get a good basketball team together. So the jazz do have a lot of assets and, and they are in a good spot, but I, you know, that jazz fan base is, is used to winning as well. So I think uh, a little bit of pressure there. Uh, Sam Amick joining us. Sam, you know, there's a player. Imagine a player averaging 22 points over seven boards, three assists uh, on, on damn near 40% uh, three-point shooting, 47% from the arc. A player that is making uh, $7.9 million this year on an expiring deal and available seemingly, if you believe what you believe, uh, for, I wouldn't say next to nothing, but certainly nothing commensurate with the talent level. I'm talking about Miles Bridges, and the the word was earlier that he's decided to veto any trades and, and stay in Charlotte, which, number one, how the hell did Miles Bridges get a no-trade clause? <laughs> and, and, and number two, this presents an incredibly interesting dilemma uh, for the rest of the NBA, you'd heard, obviously, the Suns were engaged on it, but where you have these teams weighing, obviously, whether or not to bring in a guy that on paper, what a phenomenal value, what a phenomenal deal for the Kings, for example, again, on paper, would seemingly be a wonderful fit on this team versus, obviously, the incredibly serious multiple violations for domestic violence he's had. It, it seems like that's going to be a conundrum for a lot of GMs and, and actually owners, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, to answer your your fair question about the no trade, I mean, that's part of him picking up the qualifying offer. Okay. So people don't typically do that. He did it because he was in a compromised position, and the only positive part of that for him is that it comes with the ability to control your future. And, yes, as multiple places have reported – Rich Paul has told the Hornets that they're not going to approve any trade. Uh, Jason and I talked about this post game a little bit last night, and, and I'm admittedly trying to cheat here and, and look online to just remind myself of some of the grisly details of mm-hmm. what Miles was involved in. And I think I think my my stance on that for the Kings' purposes, and maybe it could evolve by the time this summer comes around, but. Um, this is a market and a team that has reconnected with its fan base, has a very likable team. Uh, Miles Bridges is not taking you to the next level, in my opinion, basketball-wise. He's a good player, but um, I think you're going to be facing, you know, community pressure. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, that they have a history of, of being a bigger-than-basketball organization when it comes to the way they operate. And, you know, I just wouldn't blame, <clears throat> I shouldn't even just leave it to the women, but I was going to say, I wouldn't blame every woman in town for, for not wanting to support the team. And then, you know, men should be on board with, you know, not advocating or, or, you know, supporting this kind of behavior as well. It's just really serious stuff. Um, you know, he loses almost an entire season. It was Jay. We talked about it last night. It mm-hmm. was, he missed about three quarters of, of last year. And then they tax him onto that. Um, does that mean his NBA career should be over? No, but like it's a, it's part of the calculus for sure. And, and Jason, let me just throw in here too. Sorry. Uh, just to be fair, uh, I've thrown multiple questions, multiple polls out on social media, it, just to be incredibly fair to our fan base, overwhelmingly women, men, and just be honest, most of my social media following is men and our Kings fans 
I mean, we're talking like 97% overwhelming on thousands and thousands of, of responses are like, no, I don't care. Don't want him anywhere near this team. So it, it is, it's the franchise, but also even, even fans who are voting anonymously on a right. social media poll are still saying, <clears throat> I don't want any part of that. And I'm, I'm kind of proud of them for that. to be honest. Well, and here's, and this is a darker topic we can move on, but like, you know, injuries included a concussion, closed fracture of the nasal bone, rib contusion, strained, strained neck muscle as a result of an assault by strangulation. Yep. You know. And there was um, an incident after that, too. There was another one after yeah. that. So, I yeah. mean, it's it's not that it would be okay if it was a one-time, one-off thing. Of course it wouldn't, but there's multiples there, and I think that combined his market. Someone will pick him up, Sam. You know that. Someone's going to someone's gonna grab him. It's just Well, and that's obviously the danger. Is that there's multiple, and then it becomes, if he doesn't see any change in his right. actual lifestyle, right. then the then next time it happens, you yeah. know, some of that is, as you could argue, is on – the entities that supported him, yep. you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I think that would not land well. Sam, still a couple more hours, obviously to go with the deadline at noon and a lot of the activity may be coming down here in a little bit. We don't know if it's going to be as active as other trade deadlines, but teams that we've heard mentioned with players, or at least kind of in that spot where it might make sense for them to make moves Art, you mentioned the Hawks earlier and the bulls um, anticipate either those teams, at least, moving significant names uh, before the deadline? Jay, I was a tiny bit distracted by my phone. You said the Bulls and uh, and, and the, the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll both be – man, I don't know on the Hawks. They have a strange group. Um, <laughs> they, they, I don't know how active – I mean, they're, they're active. I just don't know if they can get kind of, you know, uh, consensus in the room. I guess I'll start with Atlanta. You know, Landry Fields is the GM. You know, I was real critical about a year ago in a story about how inexperienced their new front office group was. Um, you know, that really hasn't changed other than they added Chris Grant, the former Cavs GM who used to work with Landry in San Antonio. So that adds some experience to the group. Um, mixed reports on whether or not the owner's son is still intimately involved, uh, Nick Ressler. Um, you know, some say he's a lot less involved. Some say he's still around. You know, I only give that context to say that when you're trying to figure out what sort of deal might work for DeJounte Murray or DeAndre Hunter, um, Clint Capella, I'm leaving somebody out. Uh, the, you know, they've got a lot of guys that, that could be available, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, you know, those are tricky conversations to have. So a lot of guys that I think teams would want, and we'll see what they do. Um, the Bulls are... I do think I just finally have a little clarity on them. It's like agree or disagree. They uh, they make money out in Chicago. They get fans in the building, and they it's like if the if the team is competitive enough, they tend to lean to, you know lean towards standing pat, mm. uh, and it feels like that's what they're doing. I mean, as of last night, late Demar Derozan's camp did not anticipate him going anywhere. The price for Alex Caruso. I mean, I saw reported this morning. I think it was Dan Wojcicki of the LA times that there's rumors that, that they could be asking for even more than two first round picks, wow. which is insanity. So they're just basically saying, we really don't feel like we got to do anything. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, but uh, I think that's where it's at. Um, you know, just a matter of, is somebody going to put enough on the table to, to get something done there? Sam Amick of the athletic joining us, Sam, you know, we, we, there's still less than four hours left. Uh, in the deadline, but plenty of time. You never know. But it certainly seems like we're kind of barreling towards a 
a, a very you know average to below average trade deadline in terms of excitement. How much of this, if any, in your mind has to do with the really just starting to understand the new CBA, <clears throat> the aprons, and and all this nerdy stuff? I say with a a, a smile that uh, that really might be handcuffing or or worrying a lot of these front offices. Yeah, I mean that the aprons playing a big part. You just can't take uh, a flyer on a guy like you used to. Um, once you're near, you know, the first, let alone the second apron. Um, you just, you know, it, things get crystallized for you real quick in terms of what is possible. Um, I don't know how much of it is that versus, you know, you've got guys, um, signing extensions at a really high rate these days. And with that, it, it, it comes like almost an unofficial no trade clause. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, DeJounte Murray's a good example, um, you know, there's some chatter that and now his camp did not tell the Pelicans this. That's, you know, what what was told to me. But like, you know, the sense was that do I think DeJounte Murray would have been excited about going to New Orleans? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And if that word gets back to the Pelicans, then because the guy's on a deal for four years, you just kind of it makes it gives you reason for pause. So these extensions that are big time numbers for the better players they they come with uh, pretty high stakes, and uh, that changes the way that teams move. I mean, if you look at the two guys, higher-profile guys that did get moved earlier this trade deadline season with OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, both guys were going to be free agents. Those teams can take that calculated risk, you know, knowing that worst-case scenario, uh, you know, you lose the guy this summer, but, but it's just not as much of a marriage as some of these big-time extensions. So – a lot of layers to it, but it is changing, I think, uh, the way that business gets done. Talking with Sam Mimic here from The Athletic. Looks like more reports about another one of the Pistons finalizing a deal to send Alec Burks to the Knicks. Some more stuff working around the edges around the league. Sam, uh, we talked to you a lot about the Kings. How about out west as well with the Lakers and Warriors? There's always kind of national interest, probably local interest here too, on those two teams in different spots trying to get to what they ultimately want each of those as a championship. Maybe neither team is that, but uh, any activity with either of those teams anticipated today? Um, the Warriors, you know, are certainly Andrew Wiggins is, is the top of their list. Um, and that is, uh, sorry, or, oh, former, former, former King Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Rashawn, yeah. Rashawn Holmes yeah. going to uh, the Wizards for Daniel Gafford. Um, yeah, the, the Warriors are there, you know, I mean, they're Clay's not getting traded. Draymond's getting, not getting traded Wiggins. Um, so far as of yesterday, the offers were pretty minimal for, uh, on top of that. And this is perspective gleaned from my podcast co-host, Anthony Slater, Warriors beat writer that, um, the, the, the truth about the Wiggins stuff is that ever since Draymond came back and, unlocked some lineups with Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins together that have actually played really well. That has made Wiggins a little more valuable for the Warriors. And the truth is if they look out there and say, what do we need as a team? They talk about having long two-way wings, you know, which is at, at his, you know, at his best, that's what Andrew Wiggins is. So that question of like us, you know, how much better are we going to get, based on the offers we're getting so far, nothing was moving the needle for them. 
Um, so I think it could be a, a quiet deadline for the Warriors. The Lakers, kind of similar, to be honest with you. The DeJounte Murray thing was front and center. I wrote a lot about it. Um, but they have the chance this summer, if they stand pat, to have three first-round picks available in, in a bigger move instead of one. You know, right now the deal, the offer they'd given Atlanta was Jalen Hood, Shafino, um, D'Angelo Russell, 2024 first rounder and a first round pick swap. Um, I, I believe the last part's accurate, but at least the first and, and additional draft compensation. But like the Hawks wanted Austin Reeves. Well, that's not happening. Um, and the and the Lakers certainly don't want to give up more draft capital because they kind of like that idea of taking a big swing this summer. Now that's uh, that's tough to reconcile with Bron James being 97 years old. You know, <laughs> like that's that's what they're up against. Um, so I'm very curious to see if if they don't do much at the deadline. You know, what kind of mood LeBron is in? Interesting. Just going back to the Warriors, the uh, career arc Jonathan Kaminga has been. It was like what two, a month ago that he'd lost confidence in Steve Kerr, <clears throat> and now all of a sudden he's reeling off 28, 30 point games like it's no one's business. I mean, I'm half kidding, maybe like 10% kidding, not really kidding at all. Like, I think if Jonathan Kaminga goes on to Hall of Fame status, uh, my colleagues at the Athletics should be on the on the statue. Um, <laughs> they, they, you know, it was it was uh, Slater and Sham Sharania wrote the story where, you know, obviously with you know information, intel, and and green light from the the Kaminga side that that he he was very very fr- frustrated, and that compelled the Warriors, even though they were upset about the story, <clears throat> to finally acknowledge the elephant in the room. And when I look back at that, I actually joked with some of the Warriors people that, that, you know, that our guys had done them a favor. Cause it's, it's kind of like, it, you know, things get kind of sanitized in the light, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they had to have meetings. They had to talk, they had to clear the air and they did, and they did it pretty quickly. And then they figured out that he's a pretty good player that probably should have been playing more. So as we wrap up, Sam, you know, obviously things can change just because you say it now doesn't mean somebody doesn't make a last minute phone call to Monty McNair. But your gut feeling is, uh, is it is it either zero moves or or very, you know, uh, Kessler Edwards types moves today for the Kings? I mean, maybe somewhere in between. I don't think I'd be I'd be surprised by zero. Um, if only because my goodness, you know, this is a weird analogy. But in my job, there's times when you get tired of making phone call after phone call and not having it yield anything. Right. I can't imagine being, uh, you know, a front office guy who spends three months exploring the market and, and you know, turning over all these rocks and doing all this analysis uh, to have it lead to nothing. So, you know, there's part of part of me says there's got to be one or two safe enough things that they think could help them that wouldn't, you know, take up too much of their powder, so to speak, that could happen in the next few hours. But um, and the Kuzma one, I don't know. I'm I'm legitimately on record as being confused by that one because when you have people around the league signaling that they are off of him, um, but then some other information that came my way that signaled the opposite, you know, uh, who the heck knows? Maybe we have a surprise on that front uh, near the end here, but that's kind of informed speculation. Well, make sure you follow Sam uh, on Twitter throughout the day. Of course, read him at The Athletic and their live blog uh, going with his colleagues uh, as well, and subscribe to The Athletic, where you've got everything nice and curated uh, for you, so it makes it easy. You don't have to search around everywhere. Sam, I, I know you, the smoke will be coming out of your ears tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, be interesting to talk uh, next week and see where everything lands. So thank you, buddy. We appreciate you.
Of course. Thank you, boys. Have a great day. Take care. Go Niners. (laughs) When we we come back, uh, speaking of Go Niners, Randy Cross will join us. College Football Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champion, San Francisco 49ers, got a new podcast out. We're going to plug the heck out of that just like he used to plug those lines when he was there. Ah, I'm getting butterflies, man. Talking to Randy Cross next. Dave. He has very good sources and he, he just kind of tells it as it is and gets to the point. Jason Ross. He has a whole lot of pretty smart things to, to say. He's good at what he does. On Sacktown Sports. All right, here we go. It is. It's Super Bowl week. We're just a few days away. And Jason, you know I've been nervous. I've been like. I know you are. Crazy nervous. This is like the first time. I've actually felt a little bit calm and and secure because we're welcoming in Randy Cross. And I'm not trying to age him here, but growing up and watching Randy and watching Roger and Joe and Steve and uh, Tom Rathman and Keith Vaughn and all these these amazing 49er players, there's a sense of comfort. They were winners. You know, the five rings, not the last two losses, the five rings. (laughs) He is Niner royalty. He is football royalty. We are absolutely honored to have him on. He has got a new podcast coming out, the the Randy Cross Show. We want to make sure to plug the heck out of that. He's a Bruin, too, Dave. And and, that's that's where you love him. It's Dave. It's Jason. Good morning, Randy. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. How, uh... I know it's. I know things have changed over the years, and it's just insane now. But I imagine pressure is pressure. How were you generally during Super Bowl weeks as a as as it got closer? Um, you know, I was I was more nervous, probably like tonight and tomorrow night uh, of those weeks, all three times. By the time I got to Saturday, I'd almost kind of peaked and then had to get back up again and was in the process of getting ready because with all the and it's even worse now but with all the ancillary bs you've got to put up with and do during the course of these two weeks um it's hard not to kind of hyper focus on the game and when you do that it, it kind of mentally wears you out a little bit so right about now i'd be a little bit mentally worn out physically fine but mentally worn out and Randy, did it help? I guess the second time, the third time, you you knew what to expect, but it still maybe every year was a little different. Did did experience in being there before prove beneficial for you? It helped some. It did, especially when you get to Friday and Saturday. When you get to Friday and Saturday, and if you've never done it, it's I think it's it's a little bit more challenging. But if you have done it, you at least kind of. You know your body. You know you know what's between your ears, and you know what's going to help you relax or not get too hyped. Were there things that maybe you learned? I mean, you were the the pros pro, so I, I doubt you were out. You know, hanging one on the night before. But <laughs> were there things you learned as you played in multiple Super Bowls where? Uh, oh, I didn't do this last time. I need to do this with my sleep or I need to schedule this stuff kind of better with my mental health, my physical health. Did did things change for you as you progressed? Well, each one was a little different. You got to remember my first one, um, the NFL had the ingenious idea of putting it in Detroit, Michigan. (laughs) Pontiac Silverdale. 
So, you know, uh, nightlife and partying in the middle of ice and snowstorms was not something that a Southern California guy <laughs> really had high on his priority list. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to stay the hell out of all that weather and stay indoors as much as possible. Second one was at home. So, you know, I don't advise that it's, it's not exactly a pleasant experience to have a home Super Bowl, but you know, that, that had a whole different dynamic. Uh, built into itself. And the last one, you know, Miami and South Beach was kind of in a, I don't know, they were in a, in a rough situation. They'd had some riots and stuff like that. Plus, by this point, I'm like 35 years old. So <laughs> wearing my ass out in the streets wasn't really a problem at that time. So I, um, I never really had that problem. Well, could you imagine those, you or some of your teammates, let's take you if you were in your early 20s, very wealthy, obviously good at your craft, and now you're in Vegas for a Super Bowl. How would that? How do you think that would have gone? Um, early in the week, we'd have had some challenges. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we had to put tethers on some guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's it, it has its own sort of challenges. I, I think Vegas has gotten so over Vegas yeah. in these last 10, 20 years that it's probably a little bit easier not to get exposed to all the crud that's going on. I mean, you're not going to be hanging by the pools and, and, you know, hanging with the big parties and, and doing all that stuff. I, I don't think, I think it, especially when you get, once you get to this time of the week. Randy Cross with us, Randy, uh, let's get to the game a little bit. Not only is Randy kicking ass on the field, but also a, a, a nice distinguished broadcast career as an analyst, a radio host. So you can, you can break it down from all angles. Let, let's start obviously Niners chiefs, uh, the Niners slight favorites in this one, just full disclosure. Obviously I'm a diehard lifelong Niner fan. I'm having trouble understanding why they're the favorites based on who the chiefs are and how each team has performed in the playoffs. Uh -huh. Am I missing something there, Randy? Yeah, that whole, you know, one and a half, two points yeah. or whatever it is by now. Um, it goes into that category and you see it on TV all the time, especially the pregame shows. One person on the panel, although he's about the line, goes, you know, I can't figure it out. Somebody knows something I don't know. Yeah. And after watching the games, especially, let's say, the divisional, the divisional game and the conference championship games, and you take these two teams, you put them side by side, it's hard to say that the Niners are going to be a team you're going to look at and go, they're favored. Yeah. I think by by potential, by what they've done at times during the year, yeah, you could say that, but not from recent, not from recent efforts, not even close. I mean, their defense hasn't necessarily been very good. I mean, they went from 90 yards a game to 160 yards average the last two games, allowing against the run. I mean, they got gashed. And offensively, they were sputtering. They were not consistent. Something they were basically all year long was consistent, and they haven't been that. So I'm with you. I was I was pretty shocked when they came out as in the favorite, and they've held that, you know, the whole week. So it's I, I think if you go pure talent to talent, maybe there's a rationale, but not from recent results. Yeah, and then the other part, Randy, what a lot of people do, and I understand why, there's so so much value in a premium on quarterback play. You know, now there's already discussions about Mahomes and the GOAT, and when you've got him, he's the defending champ, he's been there, he finds ways to win. 
it's tough to bet against him. When you watch him play, what do you think makes him so unique and already being put in some of these uh, GOAT conversations? Well, for starters, I'd pump the brakes on the whole GOAT thing. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're all pretty quick right. <laughs> to mention that. But um, I, I think the most impressive thing to me is not the fact that he throws off so many different platforms which is incredible that he has that ability. And, you know, obviously genetically he's got that pro baseball player from his dad kind of in him where he can, he can fire his arm from any angle. Um, What really stands out to me about, about Mahomes is he's got such confidence and he shares a brain with Andy Mm Reid, and he is the extension of Andy Reid on the field. And I think that's the most impressive thing I've seen about him since he got there was a way that he's basically been able to portray what Andy Reid wants in a quarterback on the field consistently throughout this, this, you know, it's not a huge sample size. He is not that old, but it's also the the best thing about Brock Purdy Mm. is the fact that he's basically Kyle Shanahan's extension on the field. Well, I was you, you beat me to it. I was just going to ask you, Brock Purdy. You know, we've been fascinated by the coverage of Brock Purdy. Uh, obviously, again, we might be a little biased here, but the guy's a walking Disney movie. I always say, humble as hell, has uh, had an MVP caliber season. But you you got this, the, you know, a section of media that he's a game manager. He's only as good as his parts around him, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you're a guy that used to protect these folks. You protected kind of yeah. some of the best. What What are your thoughts on Brock Purdy? Yeah, to, to use your Disney extension, I would say uh, old school Disney, not new Disney. <laughs> yeah, right. um, he's nowhere near a new Disney guy. Right. Um, he, he's kind of like Kurt Russell in the 1960s and 70s, <laughs> those old wholesome movies right. he used to do, yeah. you know. Right. Um, but it's he's almost too good to be true. But the bottom line is he has got the same traits late in games that Joe Montana had when I played. He is just a cold-blooded, pulse-dropping killer. He, he has that ability late in the games to focus, despite what he may have done earlier in the game. You know, and Joe did it in that Dallas game. He had interceptions and fumbles and stuff like that. And in the Super Bowls, it, a couple of times, he, he had some issues. But, man, late in the games, he tore people's hearts out. And that's something that that Purdy has. Purdy has that ability to open your chest, remove your heart, and show it to you while it's still beating with a smile on his face. That's you're not going to get much better. Uh, you're not going to get a better compliment than that all uh, week. No. That's for sure, Randy. Uh, you know, as as we said earlier, whether you were uh, filling in for Hank, uh, the, the great Hank Stram on radio, uh, Don Cricky uh, working with him in uh, in CBS, and all throughout your your broadcast career after your wonderful uh, Hall of Fame college career, and then the NFL career after that, the three rings. I mean, the decorations just keep going, and now you're moving on, and you're in the podcast world, my man. How's that going? Uh, I I've really enjoyed it. I t- I took a brief little respite for a few months. But I'm getting back at it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it it kind of relieves that, you know, you get that itch in the back of your brain on things. And, and I don't limit the things that I talk about on my podcast. It's not just we're not just talking about 49ers or football or college football. You know, a lot of stuff about traumatic brain injuries and a lot of stuff. You know, I try to um, stay off that third rail, sure. politics. Sure. 
um, only because it alienates people so much. Um, you know, and it usually elicits out of a certain percentage of your audience a two-word response and starts at it starts with F and ends with you. Um, but 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 it's a lot of fun being able to kind of express yourself in an open format, which you know, as great as radio and TV can be at times, um, you don't have the freedom to express yourself quite as much as you'd like at times. Well, you're always welcome here. We'll be happy to plug that on our social medias as well. Good luck to you. Thank not you. that you'll need it. And no, no, no. Hey, thank you. Yes. From, a, from a kid growing up and uh, watching a lot of success. And I th- I just thought we were going to win a ring every few years, Randy. It's been 30 now. So maybe uh, maybe this weekend's uh, where we get another ring back in uh, back in San Francisco. Yeah, after, after those last two experiences, it yeah. makes you really appreciate the, the 5-0 and o part. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Enjoy the game this weekend. <laughs> uh, enjoy the podcast. Hopefully we get six and two next. Thank you, sir. Oh, Take care. They're, they're getting six this weekend. Ooh! That's what I'm talking about. All right. Thanks, Randy. Thank Appreciate you. you. All right. No problem. Oh, I'm pumped. They're getting six. Reminds me of, I don't think I need to say this, but that is, uh, we're clipping that and sending that out, I hope. Yeah. We're clipping that and sending that out. You got Randy Cross comparing Brock Purdy to Joe Montana and then going into detail about it. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that literally had Joe Montana's back yeah. for years and years and years. Uh, that's Purdy ain't getting a higher, he ain't getting higher praise than that all week long, honestly. Um, and, and, and for, for, for Brock, you got to think not that he pays attention to this stuff, but his, his confidence is on fire right now on freaking fire much like the wings are down at fire wings where yesterday so many people experienced 88 cent wing day wednesday well it doesn't end there kids you got a uh, big game party coming up this week and take advantage of your friends at fire wings locally owned and operated 21 delicious flavors much like the award-winning of peanut butter louisiana rub thai chili my favorite breaded Malaysian curry and many many more make your orders now to get pick them up morning of the uh the game remember there's two big games you've got the you got the one with the pigskin and then uh you got the kings who uh, will probably blow out the thunder by 37 because it's on the road they're not supposed to fire wings is a perfect fast casual eating establishment for the entire family also a great place to enjoy all of your sports games matches around the country what's better than enjoying the best wings of town while watching your favorite teams play yeah nothing go to firewings.com find the location nearest you order online at firewings.com tell them carmichael dave sent you fire wings just wing it oh yeah who's hot who's not and we'll recap stupid three of the key pistons idiot game dumb thing we'll do all that next What's hot and what's not? Brought to you by American Energy Heat and Air. Making the uncomfortable comfortable. Head to AmericanEnergyAir.com to find out more. All guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. What's hot? Yeah, hot. Real hot. And what's not? It's not good. Brought to you by American Energy Heating and Air. Sacramento's complete heating and cooling company. And second opinion partner. is hot you sure you want the answer i'm not looking forward to this part of the show today 
Detroit Pistons yeah. free throw shooting. Whatever. Mm. They went to the line 22 times, 22 makes. Yeah, well, have they... the Kings ever done that in their history? No, never. Bad no. free throw defense by the Kings. Stupid poop faces. Yeah, I said it. Who's not? Do I even need to guess? Take a guess. Uh, I'm gonna go. With I'm not. The, I'm gonna say it's not a team. Um, De'Aaron Fox. No. Keegan Murray. Fortunately, it's Keegan Murray. Mm. He was 0 for last night. No points. He was 0 for four from the field. 0 for four, three from the three point line. But he got four rebounds and four assists. Yeah. One steal. One block. It's great. Great for him. It's awesome for uh, Keegan Murray. Did that and showed out versus uh, Jay Nivey. Oh, God. I just, I feel like I need a shower talking about that game last night. It's just so yuck. It's just so yuck. Uh, by the way, want to let you know that we've got your big game party taken care of. Sacktown Sports has teamed up with Beach Hut Deli. And uh, we're going to hook you up. And by we, I mean, it's Jason and myself, man. Uh, we're going to hook you up with legendary spread this weekend. Sandwiches galore for 25 people. Now, I want to make this clear. I don't see anything here in the rules, but just if you win this, that doesn't mean you have to have 25 people there. It could be all for yourself. You can just eat them all by yourself. Doesn't matter. Why yeah. not? How long would it take you to eat 25 sandwiches? Me personally, I could probably do four a day. Four sandwiches a day? Like, like for the a- whole day. Like that's- Look, I found the place your life is going in the garbage. For like the whole day, though, that's all I eat, right? So like four a day. So I would say I, it would take me six. It would take me about a week, a little under a week. Why is that funny? Four like deli sandwiches a day for a week? No, I'm not. You're asking me how long it would take yeah. me. Like I'm doing the, that's the I, best I, I, I can I believe do. my question, I don't know. I Jason, you might have to. Weigh in on this. I thought I asked you, could you do it? Oh, I thought you said, how long would it take? Oh, okay. So, how long would it take? Yeah. How long would it take? So, this is what you would do if you had. If he had 25 sandwiches. Yeah, because here's the thing the sandwiches aren't, like, you also have time that's not on your side. Like, by the, you know, two, three days in, it's soggy sandwich. Yeah. But let's just assume that the sandwiches were fresh when you, like, they delivered it to you fresh every time. So you had a fresh sandwich for all twenty five. I think I think I could knock I think I could knock out four a day. One for breakfast, one for lunch, one for dinner. You'd and probably like, do like two and two. Two lunch, two dinner. I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat. Okay, here's I mean, are we talking like the Yeah, like the beach hut deli? The big big not the big. I mean, oh, you know, the normal okay. eight dollar the eight 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 all inch right. long, whatever it is. Okay. I uh That's a lot of sandwich. Yeah. I I, I feel like I couldn't do two at a time. Weirdly enough, yeah. as fat as I am, I don't eat a lot in one sitting. I'm a grazer. Yeah. So I think I would do like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then half of one for snack and half of one for other snack. Okay. What about you? I get to a point, like, I can do uh, leftovers and repeats, whatever, but yeah. like at some point I'm like, yeah. You burn? Yeah, I get But they can be it. different sandwiches. Are you saying Still like a sandwich? sandwich? Yeah. It could yeah. be different pizza. But guys, it's not a manwich. We're also talking about beach hut deli sandwiches, and I could eat those all day, every day, because they're so darned good. Yeah. So here's the deal 25 people, or you, or maybe you and a friend, or maybe you and three friends. It's a $300 value, courtesy of Beach Hut Deli. Now, in order to win the big game platter, 
We're dropping keywords today and tomorrow, mm-hmm. as we did yesterday and the day before. I've written mine down. I won't tell you what it was No, because you had to have listened. I won't tell you what it was the day before. But you could go back and listen. Go back and listen. Yeah. At some point. Do your homework. Do your homework. Yeah. Uh, today's keyword. I know what it's going to be. Let me put it this way. You think I, so? I don't think you do. So I'm the pitcher. Yeah. First, first keyword, fastball down the middle. Yeah. Second keyword, how do you not swing such a predictable fastball down the middle? Well, guess okay. what? We're on the third day. <laughs> Gaylord Perry? I'm about to throw a little spitball at oh. you. The keyword today, 49ers. What? 49ers. What? Oh, game changer. Game, uh, literally. Like, yeah. what? That doesn't, that didn't, one of these kids is doing his own thing. Huh. Or her. Well, you need to have been listening. So uh, there you go. By the way, uh, let me just say this. We're not done with helping out your big game party Mm -hmm. today, so stay tuned in a couple segments. For more info, visit SackdownSports.com. Three in the key. I guess we contractually have to do that, even though it's not sponsored, but, you know, it's our commitment to uh, all of y'all. Three in the key, brought to you by Jason Ross. Jason Ross, he's good for all seasons. I would like to say... um, I believe our three in the key performance yeah. was very much like the Kings. Oh, uh, With the exception of one item, but we were not good. Listless, stinky, stinky yeah. and worthy of being booed. I would. I would boo us too. First question, I mean, look. Look. We asked. Listen. 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 Look. Hey. Listen, Linda. Look. Linda. 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 Listen. Listen. Look. We asked a simple question, like, who would score the first basket for the Kings? Easy. There's probably, there is really only five choices, and we covered three of them. Dave, you said Keegan Murray. (laughs) Keegan didn't even score. (laughs) I should have said Jake Moody. I'd had the same chance. (laughs) I said Harrison Barnes. He didn't even get in double figures. Yeah. Chris, you know, picked a pretty good choice. DeMontis Sabonis. None of us took De'Aaron Fox, which was not the correct answer. No. It was Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter. He was on fire. Sorry, By the way, Kev. we haven't even mentioned that. Malik Monk goes up to the ref at one point, and 999 times out of 1,000, he gets teed up, and he doesn't get teed up. And then towards the end of the game, Herter gets hit with the rare double yeah. tech right Ejection. away. Injection. Yeah. And you could see on the replay, he said, and I quote, that's a foul. That's a blanking foul. Okay. That got him tossed. Ooh. He wasn't like, that's a blanking foul, you loser whose mom hates you. Uh, that's not what he said. I read his lips. Wish he's, I bet he wishes he said it now. Seriously. Yeah. But the weirdest thing was, is he just kind of walked off. Yeah, it's like he knew it. I'm like, it's like, he's getting thrown out. And when he said that, I did the old Bull Durham thing. And I was like, well, he must have called him. Mm-mm-mm. But no. Huh. Whatever. Okay. Next category. Yeah, we'll do show. We'll, we'll be better. We'll like the Kings. We'll be better. We'll figure it out. We'll catch the Pistons. Yes. We asked who would score the point total for Keegan Murray and Jaden Ivey, guys that were picked fourth and fifth in the draft. <laughs> Did we do it combined? I mean, I'm I think do, we're close combined. Okay. I'm going to do how many points we were off. Dave, you said 22 and 12. This is Murray, then Ivey. I said 20 and 19. Chris said 18 and 18. Dave, you were 47 points off. 
I was 38 points off. Chris was 37 points off. You know, the funny thing is, is that what? Uh, what did Ivy finish with? 37? 37. Keegan had zero, and Ivy had 37. Jaden, Ivy, Keegan, Murray, you, me, and Chris were a combined for 37 points. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And the last one, maybe the saving grace maybe. is a random stat. So we've been terrible so far. Dave, you did predict that the Detroit Pistons would have a double-digit lead. That Woo! at least feels great. Feels great, yeah. maybe. Uh, I counter that at least somewhat respectable representation of our show with Cade Cunningham having a double-double by the end of the third quarter. Uh, he didn't play. And then uh, Chris went with Sabonis a first half double-double, which did not happen. <laughs> but he had a good game. Yeah, he did. He showed up. We were bad. He played hard. Sorry. Play hard. Uh, try your best. You, have, you know what? And that's the thing. Kings last night broke both cardinal rules. Yeah. Did you try your best? No. Did you have fun? What if they had fun? That, that we got an even bigger problem. <laughs> we need to trade them all. Uh, uh, we'll take a break. Trade deadline coverage. More trades are happening. Such as it is. Uh, we will have all that coverage for you all the way up until noon. Don't forget Styles and Watkins live from Super Bowl Radio Row. God, imagine, uh, imagine that Pierre Garcon year if we had a trade deadline like this. It's just been crickets mm-hmm. down there the whole freaking freaking time. Uh, when we come back, Niners at nine. We still have another big game giveaway to get you uh, on as well. We're actually giving away a bunch of stuff today, not just clues and all that. So stay tuned. We are right back.